This week, we went through the January 6th committee's hearings through through 5. You were listening to Politics, Politics, and this is the week of 6, 19, 2022. Hello, everyone. I hope you've been having a nice week. And this episode is basically going to be the guides from the January 6th committee's hearings. So hearings 2 through 5, we talked about hearing 1, I think, the week before last week. So yeah, this is a guide from hearings 2 through 5. On the second hearing, something that particularly surprised me was the person who actually told Trump to declare victory, Rudy Giuliani. According to Jason Miller, who was a Trump aide, he said that Rudy Giuliani was clearly intoxicated or, you know, in other terms, drunk. And Rudy Giuliani was saying earlier that night that they'd won the election and that the election was being stolen from them. And then eventually Giuliani found his way to Trump and he talked with Trump several times that night. And then you saw, you know, the next morning, Trump declaring victory and claiming election fraud three days before the election results were even finalized. And Trump's son-in-law told him that if he was Trump, he wouldn't go along with Rudy's advice. And, you know, it kind of had me thinking, if Rudy wasn't drunk that night, could things have turned out differently? I mean, was election fraud, was it a pre like a pre-prepared excuse? Like, was it decided ahead of time as their go-to plan if things didn't go well? Or was it, was all of this really just the cause of some drunk guy. Either way, we also learned about in the second hearing about Trump's post-election fundraising. He'd raised $250 million for court battles. They rarely won those court battles. And the Trump campaign, they bombarded donors with emails, sometimes up to 25 emails a day. And those $250 million just basically ended up going to Trump's Save America PAC. And from there, some of the money went to various organizations, including Trump's own hotel organizations. The second hearing also took a deeper dive into how those around Trump had told him his election fraud claims weren't true. And Bill Barr said that, you know, he was moralized because he thought that if Trump, he, if he really believes this stuff, then he's become detached from, detached from reality. The third hearings focused more on Mike Pence himself and the pressure he faced from all sides, how we had John Eastman floating all of these ideas to Pence, such as rejecting electoral votes, so just ignoring election results in certain states, or to tell states where the results were close to re-examine the election. Now, Trump knew that these plans were illegal. Pence had even told him that the plan was against the law, but Trump was still all for it. Day three of the hearings also showed how the rioters were only 40 feet away from where Pence was taking shelter, and Trump didn't even bother checking in on Pence while all of this was happening. And we'd known from the hearings number one that Trump wasn't even the person who got this right to stop. That was all Pence. Now, even after the riots, John Eastman, he was still going after a way to keep Trump in power by raising the idea of delaying the counting and the sealing of the election. So, you know, the electoral count in Congress He was saying they could delay it by 10 days because there had been a violation of the Electoral Count Act. And I guess there was really no solution that was too immoral for him. He later emailed Giuliani for a pardon. Day four of the hearings focused on Trump's pressure on state officials, and we already know from la- from the last episode how Trump had pressured Brad Raffensperger to find 11,000 votes in Georgia, and Mr. Raffensperger testified that he looked into all of Trump's claims of frauds, but there wasn't nearly enough fraud to overturn the results in states, and a lot of Trump's claims about the state election simply just weren't true. 
Mr. Raffersprenger talked about texts and emails he and his wife had received after all the hate Trump had showered on them, and even how their daughter-in-law's home was broken into. Rusty Bowers, who was Arizona's House Speaker, talked about how he and his family dreaded Saturdays because that was typically when Trump supporters would drive around his neighborhood and call him a corrupt politician and other things, which I can't say on this podcast, to election workers. And they're just, you know, ordinary election workers. They aren't even big time politicians, just two election workers who were going on with their life. They were scapegoated by Rudy Giuliani to pin election to pin election fraud claims on. Rudy had said that they were supposedly exchanging USB drives when it was just the ginger mint. But uh, it was a mother and a daughter, Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss. And the mother, Ruby Freeman, said that her name and reputation had been ruined and how she felt it was her fault for, you know, choosing this job and putting her family in, in danger. And the daughter, Shay Moss, talked about the threats she'd received many which were racist, and how she can't go out, and she felt homeless after she had to relocate because the FBI said it wasn't safe for her to live where she was anymore. We were also shown text by Senator Ron Johnson as he was trying to deliver alternate slates for Wisconsin and Missouri, and slates were, I guess it was just an other idea for how they would attempt to overturn the results of the election. And you could see, you know, just everyday ordinary people were negatively impacted by all of Rudy Giuliani and Trump's lies. Finally, in the fifth hearing, it was it was revealed that many members of Congress had asked for pardons, such as Matt Gates and Mo Brooks. Mo Brooks actually spoke at the... Finally, in the fifth hearing, it was revealed that many members of Congress had asked for pardons, such as Matt Gates, Mo Brooks, Mo Brooks actually spoke at the rally, Louis Gomer, Andy Biggs, and Scott Perry. Now, as Adam Kissinger, who was a member of the January 6th committee, said, the only reason I see you need a pardon is if you committed a crime, which is, you know, simplest way to put it. We also saw last year how Trump was possibly considering pardons for his family as well as himself. So it's not like insanely new about the pardons, but for members of Congress, that's new. We also learned a ton about how Trump wanted to replace Rosin Clark, the acting attorney general, and replace him with Jeffrey Clark, someone who worked in the Environment and Natural Resources Division. Jeffrey Clark was someone who was much more likely to lie for Trump and really do all the dirty work that Rosen Clark didn't want to do. And it was clear that Trump really only wanted to appoint Jeffrey for that reason. It's not like Jeffrey was even, you know, prepared, qualified for the attorney general. He was just someone to do the president's dirty work. But the Justice Department threatened Trump with mass resignations, and that was enough to make Trump not replace Rosen. As I said before, folks, that was pretty much it for this week. It was just a quick rundown of um, January 6th committee's hearings 2 through 5. Uh, I, I wanted to release an episode. I'm heading out to a trip um, pretty soon. And I also promised an episode on this. So, yeah, we got it out. And thank you for listening to Politics Schmolitics. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to join our mailing list. All you need to do is send an email to politicsschmolitics2022 at gmail.com. That email is located on our website as well. If you also enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Great way of helping this podcast grow and expanding our audience. You could. It's also a great place to send me feedback. And feel free to spread the word about this podcast with friends, family, aunt, uncle, anyone really. You were listening to Politics Schmolitics, and this was the week of 6 19 
2022.